Hello, welcome back to the Life Runners podcast. Auction season is winding down. It was great to watch and participate in the auctions uh, this past week. If you didn't know, all the major watch houses had auctions that took place in New York City um, and was kind of the, uh, the, the final um, couple of auctions that took place for this year. I did cover on the last podcast some of my favorite lots from each of the the auctions, so be sure to check that out. But I actually think that this auction, the auctions that took place this last week, um, show quite an interesting, um, I don't want to say change, but I I, I think it shows a little bit about uh, the current watch market, and um, I think it shows some pretty interesting trends that I think we're going to see going into 2023. So um, all the major watch houses, Sotheby's, Christie's, Phillips, they all had watch auctions that took place. Uh, if you want to see them, I'll go back to the other episode um, so you can see that. I will call out um, the New York watch auction, um, the New York watch auction seven that was hosted by Phillips was kind of a landmark um, result for them. Uh, they had 175 rare and important watches that they sold uh, at this past weekend, uh, the sales that were realized in this auction were $21.1 million uh, US dollars overall. Um, this brought their annual total um, New York-based watch auction um, total to 51.5, which is a world record for the Americas from all the watch ho- house, uh, auction houses. What was a really amazing... Um, what was really an, an amazing... Um, <clears throat> Uh, achievement, though, was the fact that they were able to sell all of their lots. And this kind of marked two consecutive years that Phillips sold 100% of its timepieces, which was the first time any auction house has uh, been able to accomplish uh, something like that. There were uh, new world records and high sales for things like FP Jordan's Grand Seiko's, George Daniels, Patek Philippe's, and Urvax. Um there was uh, an FP Journe Tourbillon Souverain in platinum with a rose gold dial that is known only one of six are known to have been produced with this type of dial. And um, it was purchased for uh, 1.24 million US dollars, which was uh, which tied the previous uh, world record sale for that specific model. Um, there was also a piece unique Grand Seiko, Cota Constant Force Tourbillon that sold at Philips. Um, and sold for four hundred seventy-eight thousand eight hundred U.S. dollars, which was a world record for a Grand Seiko piece sold there. There was a one-of-a-kind Urvac that was really cool that set a world record, um, four hundred three thousand U.S. dollars. Um, so plenty of really uh, great sales that that took place here. There was also a really incredible um, perpetual calendar chronograph from from Patek Philippe signed by House. Um, which is thought to be the only known version of of, of the um, of the I believe it was a twenty four ninety nine I could be wrong there but I believe it was a twenty four ninety nine third series that sold um, but didn't fetch what I thought it was going to and that kind of gets me to um, to to the main point of of this podcast is I have a feeling we are back to basics uh, I was lucky enough to go and um, be in the room for many of these auctions. I, I spent some time at Phillips during during their auction, and um, 
the the trend that I noticed is a little bit of a a slowdown. I think I think everyone knows that the hype over specific models of watches has kind of calmed down. But I think this auction this this past week of auctions kind of solidified my my thoughts that that I think uh, these these auctions are that that I think the watch market has kind of um getting getting uh the inflation is coming down. Uh, you know that there were all these hype hype models that people were so so um, enamored with that they were paying met much much more over retail and this auctions um, the, the, this week of auctions I think um, showed that I think people are being a little bit more sensitive uh, sensible with with uh, the amount of money that they're they're um, spending on these watches now there's two ways of looking at it right you could think okay the people who are bidding on these watches realize that they don't want to pay so much more over what um, the actual price for one of these watches is, whether it's a retail price or what the vintage market typically is. Or the people who were actually making these watches go for such incredibly high prices have sort of exited the exited stage left and are no longer bidding on these lots, um, which makes it a little bit less um, competitive. Just as an example, there was a... Uh, Cartier crash, original Cartier crash from London that sold at Philips, and it was kind of one of the highlight lots of their of their auction. But what was super interesting is the bidding on this watch was really slow, and um, I don't even think it hit the the the, the bottom estimate uh, that they that they placed on this watch. Um, there was a lot of time between between bids. There were not a lot of phone. Or, well, I think there were some phone bidders, um, but they they really weren't uh, super super active on this. It almost felt like people were being cautious about some of these lots, and it goes for that twenty four ninety nine as well. Um, people were just not bidding as quickly as I thought they would have, and um, again, it's twofold. Either the people have exited stage left or the the individuals who bid these watches up at to such astronomical prices in the past are, are have learned and they've they've realized that um you know, buying something for a crazy multiple is not is not the best approach um in in this hobby. So, I won't I don't know which one it is, uh but either way, I do think we're getting back to the basics of of um of maybe watch prices. I do think that whichever one it is, whichever reason it is, I think that we're getting back to the idea that I always talk about when I talk about collecting watches, and that is you should buy watches because you love them, not because you think they're a good investment. Um, and if if the collectors who used to bid these watches up have, have become educated, they probably have realized that they want to buy specific pieces that they think are interesting, that they love to wear on their wrists and um, get a lot of enjoyment out of. And I think that's a great uh, direction that this is, that, 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 um, that this is going in. Uh, and if those people have, have, have left the collecting scene because they realize that they've, Maybe they don't, you know, have the means now, or 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 have lost interest in it because the watch that they purchased have lost a lot of value. Either way, I think the market as a whole, or collectors as a whole, are now getting back to the idea that they want to buy watches because they love them. The prices that these watches are getting to are 
are being realized because people truly, truly love the watches. Um, and uh, I think that's a great thing for, for watch collecting. Now, looking into 2023, I think what, you know, watch auctions are going to have plenty to say uh, over the next year. Um, I think watch auction houses have seen s- such rise in popularity of their, their watches. And I think this past week was a, another example of, of, of Christie's Phillips, Sotheby's, uh, Antiquorum. They're, they're all seeing continued interest in watches, which is really great to see. Um, you know, Phillips making this record of two consecutive years of 100% selling uh, all lots. Like, that's a great accomplishment. Christie's and, and Sotheby's have seen... Um, incredible watches that they've been able to curate for their for their auctions sell and continued interest in a lot of these models that people love so i almost feel like it's back to the basics of saying uh, you know these watches are we, we have true collectors who really love um love the watch that they're bidding on <clears throat> and um these watches are going to to the to homes of owners that that will cherish these watches forever not saying that they weren't before but um the speed and um, maybe uh, I'll call them reasonable prices of these watches uh, is kind of proving that that point. Um, There's been a lot of stuff about this on on Instagram. I saw Watch and Niche um, uh, kind of post a couple of watches that sold at Philips. I think they were the... um, the uh, I think there were some annual calendars, perpetual calendars from Roma Pique, um, the Royal Oaks uh, that that sold for under what retail prices, which I thought was very interesting, uh, especially being Royal Oaks uh, that are um, extremely desirable by desired by collectors, um, but under retail for those is kind of astonishing. And I do think it's going to have an impact on these, you know, models in the in the the um, the secondhand market or the non-retail market prices of some of these watches. And we've seen that trend sort of continue. Um, so uh, it was a very interesting weekend. It was a lot of fun to 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 participate and watch these auctions and see some really cool watches sell. Um, I encourage you to check out our previous podcast if you want to see some of my our favorite lots or my favorite lots um, f- for each of the um, for each of the auction houses. Um, that's all I want to discuss during this podcast. Um, we'll probably have maybe one or two. Um, we'll probably have one more episode on the twentieth of December that we'll be releasing. Um, and I think that will be the last episode for season three of this podcast, which is pretty incredible. Um, we'll then take um, that last week to celebrate the holidays um, and uh, enjoy the company of friends and family, which I encourage all of you to do um, as you wind down this year. If you are new to the life on this podcast, be sure to follow us and share this with a friend who might be interested in watches. Um, we We publish a a podcast every Tuesday. Um, so stay tuned for season four coming in 2023. If you want to check out some more um, articles or videos from me, you can go to the links in the show notes where there will be uh, links to our website, YouTube channel, and all of our social media pages. So be sure to check that out. If you are feeling generous and wouldn't mind leaving a rating on this podcast, it really does help me out and give me feedback on things we can do going into this new season. With that said, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and until next time.